again, Melinda, I will not be here tomorrow. <laughs> hey, if you have your uh, Bibles, turn to um, Joel, Joel chapter 2. So maybe you may have to go to the very front of your Bible and look up what page number, but um, the Gospel of Matthew, turn back um, a few books, or you can kind of find uh, the book of Daniel and then go to the right a couple books, and uh, that, that's where it'll be. It's a short little book, you kind of over, overlook it. Donovan, I think your glare is brighter than my glare, and I got the lights right here. <laughs> anyway, so last week we discussed um, the important, importance of prayer, and we talked about how uh, God hears us and how he, he, he wants us to um, go in a prayer closet and, and have a secret time with, with God, and it, it's just not enough to uh, pray before a meal or before um we go to sleep at night, but he wants us to have a time with fellowship, a time of communion. And it, it's, a, it's an ongoing conversation. It's, it's, it's every day. It's a continuous thing. You pray without ceasing. And it, you know, we can do that in the, in the shower, driving the car, singing music, just sitting and doing nothing, just sitting and embracing and listening to what God's telling us. Because prayer is two ways. We said a prayer is a communication where we're talking, but it's also sitting and listening to what the Father's telling us. So we, we just kind of took a, a high view of prayer. But let me tell you something. Prayer is a season, it's an application, it's something that we need to have a part ingrained in our everyday lives. It's something as our church, as our community, as our nation, uh, need to be resting and abiding in His Spirit. And that's the only way, guys, we're through prayer and fasting, all right? And we're going to look at fasting today. You guys ready? Man, here we go. We're, we're going to be late, I'm just going to tell you, we're going to start your fast today because we're going to be about... Uh, 20 after 12. I'll go ahead and warn you. Uh, I, I thought Paul was going to give a, a message um, in the early service, and then, man, he was on it again at the beginning. I'm like, go ahead, brother, you take it, and I'll, I'll sit and rest here. So we're going to be just a little late, but that's okay, right? All right. All right. You're like, well, I don't know about that. So revival, revival. If anything, revival is not just a one-time event. It is the manifestation of God's Spirit falling on His people, on the church, on the community, on the nation. Listen, that is what we're yearning for. That is the prayer, and that is the reasoning of prayer and fasting. It's a spiritual awakening is what we need to be yearning for. How desperate are you for God's Spirit to fall on you? To consume you and the key ingredients is prayer and fasting prayer and fasting the biblical definition if you don't understand what fasting is the biblical definition of fasting is to voluntarily abstain from something for spiritual purpose voluntarily abstain from something for spiritual purpose most of the time it was food that uh, people will abstain from, but the purpose of fasting is to deny the flesh and abide in the spirit. So it's to deny the flesh cravings and to feed the spiritual. Okay? To feed the spirit. You say, if you are feeding nothing but the flesh, you are in the flesh. So the, the word tells us that the flesh and the spirit can't abide at the same time. It says that if we're living in the spirit, the old carnal uh, 
purpose, it opposes the flesh. L- listen to this. Listen to Romans 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That means that there's separation between you and God. For it is not subject to the law of God, for indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what he is saying, what Paul is saying in that epistle is that you can't feed the flesh all the fleshly desires and expect to live a spiritual life. In other words, you can't live in the world, okay, and be a Christian too. You can't, you can't be of the world and fill the, the, with all of your desires and say, hey, I, I'm a Christian on Sunday. No, all you are is whitewashed. He says that in the gospel. All you are is a bunch of dead, rotten bones, and you have some pretty flesh on the outside. So you can't feed the flesh and the spirit together. Y'all with me? All right. So we need to be thinking. And you can, you can judge yourself. You, you can kind of get a, a little gauge because we, we like statistics and we like bar graphs and gauges. We like to measure things. We're people of comparison. You can kind of see where you're at, though. You can see if, if, am I thinking that? Am I feeling that? Do I desire that? Is that what I want? You see the language? I think, I desire, I want, I know. Really, though, if we're feeding the Spirit, it's what does God think about that? What does God say? What is God doing? Does what I'm doing line up with the Father? So you, can re- you really have this, this gauge to go by. For instance, if I was to announce, let's say on Wednesday, I'm going to fast all day long. All day. This coming up Wednesday, I want to fast all day. But all I do all day is sit in front of the TV and soak myself in every TV show and all the social media and everything. Guess what? I'm just miserable. I'm just hungry. The only thing I've accomplished, I might have lost a pound. Might. But that's not the purpose of fasting. That's not the purpose. The purpose is not to gain or to lose inches around the waist. Not at all. It's to grow closer with God. It's to, it's to grow spiritually. It's to have spiritual value. So if you study the Bible, how do we, what is the primary purpose? Self-humbling. Humble ourselves before God and seek His face seek his face church it's time to starve the flesh and feed the spirit and all of these things man we, we we debate about all kinds of things is can, is it okay to do this is it okay to do that is it okay listen if you're justifying that in itself we're feeding the wrong thing why even worry with it feed the spiritual matthew 8 8 14 says this there Therefore, therefore, whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5.6 says, humble yourself, therefore, under God's right hand that he will lift you up and keep you. So right there, whose job is it to humble you? It's yours. It's your job. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. 
So the responsibility is not God's responsibility to humble you. It's you. It's your responsibility to humble yourself. You say, Brother Andy, I don't understand how humble myself. How am I going to do that? David shows us in Psalm, in Psalm 35, verse 13, he says, I humbled my soul with fasting. So how did he humble himself? Fasting. Fasting. So that's where we're, we're going to, y'all got the introduction. Y'all with me? So what's it about? Fasting. Here we go. We're, yeah. It, it's spiritual growth. It's prayer. It's fasting. And we're, we're really going to get digging in here. So when you look in the Bible, you see many times that God's people humbled themselves through fasting. And when they humbled themselves, they received God's blessing. They received God's blessing. You can look at Ezra. Ezra was about to lead a a band of returning Jewish exiles from Babylon to Jerusalem. See, they fasted and humbled themselves. And then God blessed them for it. You can see that Esther, when Esther was going before the king and was trying to save uh, her people from old uh, hateful Haman, uh, his, his name's not Hateful Haman. His name's just Haman, but I always call him Hateful Haman because he was hateful. Listen, before he, she went, they fasted. She called the people to a fast. You can see how Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 days before he uh, defeated the temptation of Satan. You can read in Matthew 6 how he taught the disciples to go through prayer and fast. Jesus says, but when you fast... He says, but when you fast, not if you fast. So I want you to catch that this is not an option. When you fast. We are a people that are obligated to fasting. Boy, this isn't popular, especially in, in the Baptist house, uh, about talking about fasting. Especially when we just remodel and, and put all these kitchens and everything. We have all these events. We gather, we eat. It's guaranteed that's like an unknown thing. People want Baptists want to gather, they're going to eat something. There's nothing wrong with that. Fasting. Not if you fast, when you fast. Listen, this is this is something that transfers us from the physical to the supernatural. This is something that leads us into a, a more uh, intimate relationship with the Father. Prayer and fasting should be something that happens regularly. It should be a routine. See, it's the same as we think about revival only happening one time a year. No, it's, it's daily. It's a process. It's renewing oneself with the Father daily. It's, rest, it's resting in His, his Spirit it's abiding in Him. It's, it, it, it's having His light be a cocoon around us to where His light is all that we can see and know and all that others know around us. It transforms us from the natural to the supernatural. So if you're still with me, I want to wake you up. Stand up for the reading of the Word. Joel chapter 2, we're going to be in verse 12. We're just the introduction. Donovan, I told you it was going to be late today. A call of 
to repentance. Verse 12, it says, Now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, so rend your heart and, do no, and your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger of, and great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the con congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, and let the bridegroom go out from the chamber and the bride from her dressing room. And let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare your people, O God, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? As you're being said, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful, wonderful day that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the air that we breathe, that fills our lungs. Father, we thank you for freely giving a love that is everlasting. And Father, I pray that at this very hour that your spirit would flood this place, that you would start drawing people near to you. Father, that you would search us and show us the things that stand between us and the Father. And Father, may we tear our hearts. May we circumcise our hearts to where we repent and we have a heart that desires only you and you alone. Father, take control of this service and do what only your spirit can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all with me? All right, so in, in Joel, this people in Joel's time, were, they were in a situation. They were in a situation, I believe America is in a situation just like uh, the people of Joel's time was. See, God was setting the stage for the people to humble themselves, to repent, and to turn to God. I know Joel is, is a, an Old Testament passage, and so many times today we say that, well, that's Old Testament, that doesn't apply to us. Well, listen, God's power is not confined by the past. It is possible that the same prayer and the same fasting, is it, he's calling forth an, an intervention of God in today. This is what he is calling his people into. As, as dramatic as it seems all through the Old Testament and New Testament, this is something he is calling his people into. God is wanting to pour out his spirit on this land today. There is still a remnant left of sons and daughters to rise up. And he's calling you to be Christians, to be leaders, to stand up and be willing, to be willing. But are you desperate? Are you desperate for the Spirit of God to be poured out on this nation, on this state, on this community, on this church? See, the problem is in this time of, of, of where we're at is all these things are going on, but no one's really asking, what is God telling us? What is he doing? And Joel, as he penned this book through the Spirit, he, he's wanting people to know what God was saying in the events. Listen to a few verses in, in chapter 1. That's why I know I've had too much coffee, Miss Peggy. Listen to the verses in chapter 1. I want you to listen to, to how similar it is today. The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. 
and the priests mourn and the ministers of the Lord. In verse 10, the fields are destroyed, the ground mourns because the grain is destroyed, the wine dries up and the old the oil languishes. Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil, well, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because they because the harvest of the field has perished, and the vine dries up, and the fig trees languish, and pomegranate and palm and apple and all these trees of the field are dried up and gladness dries up from the children of uh, men listen this is a, a situation of desolation of hopelessness of mourning of of total absence of joy listen this is this is how we are going this is what we're going through this is how we're feeling over the past several months even this week as we hear that riots are are flooding this nation it, myself, I, I confess myself when uh, I heard a, that the rice were supposed to move into our, our phenomenal little city here. And my wife went to Walmart. I bet I called her 10 or more times between the time she left the campus on a Friday evening going to Walmart and back home just because I was fearful of her safety. Listen, that is what we are, are living in. I find that, that on the news and and all that I, the more I watch the news, the more hopeless and, and even mourned after the depravity of man. Listen, Israel in this time, they have been drifting along day to day. They have been taking blessings for granted. And God permitted a certain calamity to occur. A certain calamity to occur to bring the people back to the dependence on the Father, on God. And that's what Joel's telling them. Listen, does this sound familiar? Ration food. Prices of necessities escalate, and we discover that the poverty of our civilization and our throwaway society, and suddenly the essentials are luxuries. And the luxuries that we once thought are now burdensome. Listen, God didn't send some great battle to bring the people back to him. He sent a little measly locust, a creepy crawl. And today he sends a measly virus, a microscopic virus to put everything on pause so that we can abide and rest in him and see what he's telling us. But what are we doing? What are we doing? He's still the Lord of hosts. Today, He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And He blessed these people. He restores to them what the locust has taken. Listen, He will restore to this land. And He's wanting to restore. But you have to follow the guidelines He's given you. Are you desperate for revival? Are you desperate for a manifestation of God? Listen, I told Brother Paul a few weeks ago, I said, man, I, God is really putting on my heart prayer and fasting. Not for just our church, but in my personal life, in my family. He gave me this little book that you could probably read in probably about 30 minutes. This little book, I want you to understand that one, I'm going to read a, a little passage out of it. This book was written in 1986. The writer says this, 
God's judgment of Israel is a warning, I believe. For Western nations, we have a long background of Christian traditions. We have a knowledge of Scripture and organized church. Could it be that God has been speaking, but we have not been, but we have been deaf as the people of Israel? Is it possible, church, that God has been speaking to us for years and we have been deaf the same as Israel? And could, it, could God send his messenger to some nation with no Christian background so that it would turn to him and then use that nation to be an instrument of judgment? And listen to what he writes. This is in 1986. He says, could a nation such as China bring judgment on an unrepented Christian nation. Mm. Church, we are in the same situation as these people uh, of Joel, of Joel's time, of Israel. But there's a remedy for this situation. Point number two, there's a remedy for this situation. God's remedy was to consecrate a fast. He's saying that word consecrate, that means to call a fast, to make it known, to declare this is a time and date and make it obvious. Hey, this is what what's going on. To declare a fast. To set a time that you will fast. Remember the instructions in, in verses 12 through 17 he said return to me with all of your heart with fasting weeping and mourning so the the basic requirement for the people that joe gave was was a, a repentance and, and fasting and prayer see the jews were required to observe only one fast only one fast that was the annual day of atonement but the religious leaders at any given time, if they seen the people needed to humble themselves, could call the people into a fast at any time. And that's what Joel's doing. He's, he's saying, we need to humble ourselves and seek God's face. This is the situation we are in. He called them to assemble, to repent. That word, that word in, in verse 13, to rend to rend, that is to tear. That word rend means repent. It means to tear one's heart. It means to circumcise one's heart. It means to cut out anything else that is standing between you and the Father. It means that your hard heart of rocks to crush it, to rend yourself. Repent. Repent. He says, he says, call everybody. He says, call the infants, the children, the teenagers, the young adults, the seniors. It says, it doesn't matter if they are in the, their wedding, their honeymoon. He says, uh, look back here, let me show you. He says, uh, gather, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and let the bride from her dressing room in verse 16. Listen, that, what that is, they are on their honeymoon. In this time, they had up to a year. If they got married, they had a year. They, they weren't required for anything. They, that was intimately getting another wife and husband, right? He says it doesn't matter what they're doing, sporting events, school, whatever. Gather as one. Gather as one. And enter a time of repentance and prayer and fasting. But he says it has to be sincere. It has to be sincere. Look back in verse 13. So rend your heart. So repent, tear your heart and not your garments. He says it's not about coming 
three times a week. It's not about, I don't care how many church services you go to, it's not about all that. I don't care what kind of suit and tie you wear on Sunday morning or Sunday night, it's not about that. He says it's not about how you look on the outside. It's about where the heart of the matter. He says it has to be personal. It has to be real. It can't be fake. He, in other words, he's saying quit being whitewashed. He's saying quit going through the motions. Quit watching what your neighbor's doing. Who cares what they're doing? Who cares? What are you doing? Psalms 51, 17 says the sacrifices, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. And these, oh God, then these, oh God, you won't despise. No, but you'll receive. Listen, the same calling that Joe, Joel had on this day is the same that God is calling on us today. We need spiritual brokenness, humility, repentance. turning from the wicked ways and living a life that is different, that is radical, that is real, that is a singleness. A boy in Sunday school once gave this definition of repentance. He says, repentance is feeling sorry for sins. And then the little girl beside him says, she added, uh, enough to quit. Enough to quit. He says it's feeling sorry for sins, and she said, yeah, and enough to quit. So if one's repentance doesn't lead to obedience, then it's never real repentance. It's phony. It's fake. It's just taking one sin atop of the other sin. Listen, God wants us to forsake all philosophies, all falsehood. Believe the Word of God and the God of the Word to walk on the Word, to stand. When He says, come, you're walking on His Word. You're believing. Forsake all rebellion. Instead of tearing our garments and cleaning ourselves up, tear our stony hearts, circumcise the heart. Get it out. Confess anything between you and the Father. Anybody with me? Church, these people were rattled. They had nothing. Nothing. He had took it all away. He had let the locusts take it all. Are you willing to accept the remedy? Are you desperate for the Spirit of God to fall on your life? Are you willing to let go of anything that you have taken hold of that has you chained down? It's up to you. Listen, we could talk about this all we want. I could stand up here and preach for days on this or, or another, another pastor or Sunday school teacher. You can talk about it with your neighbor all you want to. But unless you are ready to allow the Spirit of God to work in your life, then it's useless. We can sit and talk about prayer and fasting forever. But until you let it have application in your life, it's useless. You can remember the book from cover to cover but if you don't allow the power to, to work in your life, then what good is it? Are you willing to humble yourself 
to commit to a season of prayer and fasting, to demand national repentance. Are you willing? How broken, how broken are you today? Church, it's, it's time we quit playing games. He's been telling us for weeks. And I'm not going to sit up here and try to prophesy, but go, go, go do some, some deeper study in, in the last season. He's ushering us into the, the great awakening of His Spirit pouring out on this nation, leading us into the end days. Listen, are you ready? Are you willing? Because He is able and He wants to pour out His Spirit. Listen, when's the last time you cried out in intercession for somebody? For your children, your husband, your wife, your co-workers, your church, our state, our nation, the world. When? When's the last time you sacrificed and entered into prayer and fasting? When's the last time you mourned over the spiritual conditions of the church today around the world or the the condition of our nation? Listen, if you look around by the the situation, by the, the, the spiritual status that our churches and our nation is in, enough's enough. Enter into prayer and fasting. Repent. Seek God's face. Number three. God's response to the nation of Israel. Look down in verse uh, 25. It says in verse 25, it says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. And then you shall know I am, I am in the midst of Israel. And I am the Lord your God. And there is no other. And my people shall never be put to shame. Charles Spurgeon once said this. He says, you can't have back the time. You can't get back to time. You can't go in the past. But there is a strange and wonderful way in which God can give back to you the wasted blessings, the unripened fruit, the blessings you never, never opened in all the years you have mourned. Listen, as we lead God's way with prayer and fasting, God says, I will pour out my spirit. I will restore you. I will bless you. And God is wanting to give a mighty outpouring of his spirit on this church, on this land today. Today. Just like he did for the nation of Israel. And in the New Testament, we see the Apostle Peter, we see that to the crowd had a symbol at the day of Pentecost. And we see as he referenced Joel in verses 28 and 29, he says, notice when he says, it shall come to pass after this. 
It shall come to pass after this. After what? After what? After we have met God's conditions. After we consecrate, after we declare and call a fast, after we repent and seek His face, after we enter a time of prayer and fasting, He says, then I will be faithful. Then He will commit to us. Then He will heal our land. Listen, God God wants. He says that He will come to you in the power and the fullness of of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's, a, there's one thing to be full of the Spirit, but there's another thing to be walking in the power of the Spirit. Church, it's time that we come together and assemble. A time of, of, of repentance and prayer and fasting. Instead of being fearful and defeated, be strong, be effective. For he is with you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Instead of of people staring at you in disgust, people will stare at you in awe, in, in amazement. When they see how God is working in you and through you. Listen, this awakening is nothing more than a fresh, a newness, a fresh wind, a fresh fire of God's spirit. And it's going to happen when God's people walk in obedience with Him. Listen, this surpasses all man's barriers. You can't put this in a box. You can't contain God in a box. It has has no barriers. He can break any barrier, any chain, if people will humble themselves. Humble themselves. Listen, there's a desperate need of men and women to stand up in leadership. If you are a Christian, you are a leader. To to lead by example. To live a life of, of repentance and prayer and fasting. To seek intervention on behalf of of God's people. You are that leader. 2 Chronicles 7.14, we quote it so often. But it says, if, if. I want you to catch this. There's, there's, some, there's like four stipulations to this verse here. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Whose responsibility is it? Ours. Humble ourselves. Pray seek my face, turn from their ways, repentance. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Listen, God's been talking and we've not been listening. It's time for us to quit doing and start being. Be authentic. Be real. It's time for us to be leaders who will will usher in the move of God, the Spirit of God to this generation. Listen, there's a remnant left. There's a remnant left. So church, my challenge is for you today is to commit to repentance, prayer, and fasting.
as a whole. Listen, I'm not saying to, to starve yourself. And I, I have to say that this is new to me. In the last couple of years, this is something new to me. You know, my family's been here a little over two and a half years now. Either, either visiting interim or, or even on, on staff. Man, time flies. And this is, prayer and fasting is something that I have not applied to my life until I met my brother back here. And he started challenging me to, to fast. I'm like, dude, I can't. I made every excuse not to fast. I was like, man, my sugar, you, you don't understand. I can't go all day without eating. He said, no, you're eating wrong things. I said, what? I'm not going to eat grass all day, Paul. You're crazy. He says, if you want to grow in this spirit, there's certain things you have to do. Man, I was struggling. I cried all the whole time. It was like, hey, I'm fasting on Wednesday, but I'm going to sit around and, and watch TV all day. There was no purpose in it. I'm not saying to starve yourself. Cut something out. And some of us may seriously have that health issue. Mine was an excuse. Cut out something. For most of us, it's little Debbie cakes. Man, we eat breakfast and we have a little Debbie cake by 9 o'clock and a Dot Mountain Dew for Donna and a Diet Pepsi. Cut it out, man. Cut it out. Sacrifice one thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Snapchat, Facebook. Maybe it's a social media platform. So that... And, and, and take that time and, and get into God's word. Enter a time of prayer. Don't do it for the praise of men. Don't say, hey, look what I did today. I was able to fast for 40 days. No. Do it to come into an intimate relationship with the Father to seek what he is telling you. For his, his spirit to be manifested on this earth so that our land may be healed. So that lost people can be saved. So our children can grow in a land of harmony and peace. So the blessings of the Father may fall on this, this nation, this world. And listen, it's only going to come when his people repent. And come into a time of prayer and fasting. So I challenge you. I challenge you today. Come on, sister. I challenge you. Maybe today is a day you don't even know Christ. But I challenge you. Come. Today's a day of salvation. Come. Surrender your life to Christ. I surrender all. Let Him circumcise your heart. Show you the things that are between you and Him. And live a life of surrender, of radical. Live a life of victorious victory. Claim it. Total dependence on Him. Maybe you're a Christian and you've been letting all these things change you down and clog the well of living water. Come, enter a time of repentance prayer and fasting listen when you get in fasting it's going to lead you to prayer and when you get into prayer he's going to communicate what's clogging the well will you stand with me God
we thank you. We thank you for loving us so much with an with a immeasurable love. A love so vast that we can't comprehend. Father, as your spirit is pouring out on us today, Father, may you draw us close to you. Father, for the, the, the lost, the sinner who's never received you, Father, draw them into your open, loving arms today that they may accept you as their Lord and Savior. And Father, for the Christian who's let the, the well dry up, Father, lead us. Lead us as we humble ourselves. Search us and show us what we need to remove, what we need to repent, and lead us in a time of fasting and prayer that our only desire is to have your heart, your vision, your eye. We ask these things in your name. Amen.